1: Marca
0: el arsenal. Marca Olivier Gol de los This is Arscast Extra. Hello there. Welcome to another Arscast Extra. As always, with James from gunner Blog. Good morning to you. Good morning. How is it all going? It's very
1: well, thanks. I'm just looking at this brand new top secret Arsenal kit that I didn't know anything
0: about. Yeah, me too. I mean, where the hell did that come from? Nobody could have seen that coming.
1: Literally nobody, unless they have the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of those, oh shit, we better get this out there kind of things. Someone's done it already. Was pushed forward a wee bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Obviously, what happened uh, with the shirt leaks, uh, that that man in Australia, I'd say that guy in Australia has been hunted down by the Arsenal hit squad, the marketing Mm. man. You know what marketing people are like, like super tough, just take no prisoners, no bullshit. They've been planning this kit launch for like months and months and months, working hard with Puma for a big reveal and then some... Shop boy in Australia puts it out on the shelves ahead of time, and outrageous ru- ruins outrageous. the whole thing. And then Granite shacker's little mate <laughs> rubbing salt in the wounds. They just yeah, I mean they they blew the whole thing though, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They really they did. did. So anyway, look, we, we'll come to all that. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to
1: reflect on the weekend, see if anything of note happened. Not particularly. Watched a bit of football. so Bits and pieces of the FA Cup final. Watched the England game. Um, I didn't so, yeah, watch. I didn't watch England. Itself.
0: Yeah, it's all grand, all grand. Nothing really strange or startling. Um, yeah, watched some football. Watched the FA Cup final myself. What did you make of that? Uh, it was bit shit, really. Um, as again, it's all Alan Pardew's fault, I saw you saying, for his, for his celebratory dance. Pretty much. Look, you know how it is. It's Manchester United and Crystal Palace. and uh, I think we all wanted Crystal Palace to win, and I was very much... Of that opinion. I wanted Crystal Palace to win the FA Cup final. You know, it's the natural order of things. When there's a big team against a little team, you're up for the little team. If you're not invested in either team, if you don't really give a shit, just go with the underdog. Go with the least likely to win. And that seemed to me to be Crystal Palace. And they scored. What a great goal it was. They scored. Brilliant goal. It really was fantastic. And he enjoyed that, didn't he? Punching. just a bit yeah having come Great off celebration the beach, yeah that was a real like fuck you you should fucking started me you can't fuck you celebration i like that one of those one of those and then then alan Pardew danced mm he did the dance like i got no problem with celebrating a goal really at that stage of a cup final of course you know you give it the fist pumps and the but the dancing when when that happened I was like no longer, I just couldn't bear for him to win the FA Cup.
1: I mean, you never, you never even liked it really when it was our players dancing, like of Aboué and Adebayor. No. For it to be Alan Pardew,
0: it's a whole new level. There's just literally no justification for that kind of behaviour on the touchline from a man in his 50s. If they'd won the Cup and he did a little dance, look, I don't think anybody would really begrudge him that would they? Because you look back at Alan Pardew's career in the FA Cup, remember the heartbreak, West Ham, 3-2 up, wasn't it, against Liverpool, into injury time, thinking we're going to win the Cup here, and then Steven Gerrard scored that amazing goal, when was that? About nine or ten years ago. So, you know, he's got got some hurt, some residue pain, which I don't uh, have any problem with. You know, the more pain Alan Pardew has, the better for everyone, I think. But, uh, you know, if he danced having won the cup nobody would have had a real problem but you score a goal in whatever it was a 77th minute and you're giving it all this you know fucking like a creepy uncle at a wedding dancing on the sideline and then your team concedes a goal within three minutes that's fucking on you that's on you I, I say as a manager it would have been great if
1: Van Gaal had responded to the equaliser with a dance of his own.
0: Like if he'd done the Macarena at him.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Like when he uh, fell on the ground uh, during our game. Remember, he was uh, showing the referee, wait, look, look, look. This is what a dive is. And he should have gone up to Pardew and said, this is what a dance is. And done the Macarena or the Birdie song or some Yeah, there. it's just the, the game just descended into
1: kind of a run DMC style dance off. I would have really enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> Van Hal doing a Charleston yeah. on the sideline <laughs> just in Barge's face. But like you can't look beyond that, can you? From a, from a manager's point of view, what do you do when your team goes ahead in a cup final? What should you do? You tell them, hey, there's 12 minutes left of this game, get yourself fucking organized. Get your minds in the game. Play like it's, you know, like your life depends on it.
1: Do, you're you supposed know? to do that thing where you point at your head, aren't you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> point
1: furiously at your head and yeah, sort think, of urge think, people to keep calm.
0: Think, yes, exactly. You know, do the, the two hands in front of you like you're like you're it. pushing down to small. Patting a dwarf, yeah. yeah. And, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> you do that, exactly. Exactly. You don't fucking dance, you fucking stupid no. prick. You fucking gobshy fucking dickhead. Just don't do that. And then, of course, you know, when they concede with three minutes ago or three minutes later, you're going, well, fuck you. You deserve that. You deserve that.
1: I've got an image in my mind of people all around the country watching that goal. And obviously most neutrals were back in Palace. So when the ball hit the net... Everyone's on their feet, cheering. Suddenly the camera cuts to Pardew dancing and everyone across the land is just instantaneously sick all yeah. over the floor.
0: Yeah, Just, oh, no, no! You feel, you feel kind of, uh, you know, sorry about enjoying what happened because he sullied Guilty. it. He, yeah, he, exactly. He, he, he sullied the whole thing. Such a shame. It's like all those old Top of the Pops episodes. You just can't enjoy them because of all the rapists. True. Very True. Basically, the whole in the sixties and the seventies. Yeah.
1: Um, what about the other manager, the man in the other dugout? What did you make of his
0: demise? Well, on the one hand, it's clearly not been a happy time uh, for him at Manchester United. Uh, I thought, wasn't it interesting this morning and, and yesterday to read all the Manchester-based journalists with the same anecdotes? Mm-hmm. about the 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 crazy things that he did uh during his time that how strict he was how he wouldn't let the players take uh you know no shooting with your first touch one one player is so dim that he doesn't know how to fucking boil an egg so he got the club <laughs> chef to boil but they all had they all had the same uh they all had the same anecdotes so it's clear that Manchester United are Are briefing uh, the journalists to, I guess, lay the groundwork for for Mourinho because it's you know Van Gaal wasn't hugely popular, but he's not a monster, and what Manchester United are obviously trying to do is make it acceptable for there to be a monster in charge of their football club. So Van Hal is terrible. Look at what he did. He was so strict and terrible and stupid and, you know, emails and this and that and the other. And he was so bad. And he probably was bad in certain ways, but he wasn't a fucking sociopathic egomaniac fucking cuntbag who's about to take over there. And, and it's- making
1: the... Yeah, go on. case that desperate times require desperate measures.
0: Well yeah that's that's true but they, you know get Dave Bassett in then if that's how desperate you are. <laughs> Harry Redknapp's available. Yeah very true. I mean look I thought it was pretty grotty regardless of what you think of Van Halen how he's worked there or hasn't worked there for him to be uh, for the story to come out the way that it did just before the cup final to emerge on the morning of the cup final I mean you can't tell me that Mourinho didn't have a part to play in that. There's no way that that wasn't organized by Mourinho so that he could become the story. On a day when another manager and a club that he isn't managing win a trophy, it's still all about him. Like 100% about Mourinho. Nobody, I mean, nobody's talking about the cup final. Nobody's talking about them lifting a trophy. They're talking about Van Hal going out and Mourinho coming in.
1: So, well, I mean there was the fans were singing Jose Mourinho at the end of the game and fucking dickheads you know, on the trains back from Wembley, so it worked to perfection, I guess.
0: Oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of it then? What what was your take on it? I think it's quite unseemly,
1: isn't it? It's not particularly becoming of a club who, you know, claim to be to do things the right way. It's quite reminiscent of Roberto Mancini, when he lost the FA Cup final, I think it was a very similar thing in terms of the story coming out almost on the day. Mm. I'm, I am still. Now it's happened. I know it's been talked about and talked about for six months. I am still surprised that they've gone for Mourinho. I would have thought that the reservations that prevented them from appointing him in the first place would still stand. Uh, but it seems, I don't know. It seems they're prepared to do that deal with the devil. It'll be fascinating to see. How that plays out, I think what's happened at Chelsea definitely damaged Mourinho's aura somewhat. So interesting to see if he can recover from that. It's weird appointing a manager who you know at some point is going to combust.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think they're looking at the short-term success that he can bring. Yeah. Um. I mean, look, it's going to be a huge. I mean, that guy there, Woodward, right? Ed Woodward. Mm. Um. He he doesn't strike me as a convincing CEO or chief executive of a football club. Um, he doesn't seem like a real football man, like Ivan No. <laughs> but what I mean is that um, he's been enthralled to uh, George Mendes anyway, hasn't he? Yeah, very much. So, so now with Mourinho there, I wonder. I mean, the stories were weren't there at Real Madrid that, that uh, Mendes basically had an office at the Real Madrid training ground. I wonder, is that going to be the case at Manchester United, that all the signings... It is essentially uh, a Portuguese version of Harry Redknapp and Willie McKay, isn't it? Mm. I mean, that's that's what happens. These are all going to be uh, Mendes players that arrive at Manchester United, and and he's got a huge stable, a very big stable of those players. Very good players, of course. But... Yeah, I don't know. It, It...
1: they could get a Falcao back.
0: Wow. Yeah, lucky them. <laughs> lucky them. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder, I do, I do wonder how it's all going to go because isn't the, one of the problems that people had with Van Gaal at Manchester United was the type of football that he was playing and the fact that it was not expansive attacking football the way Manchester United have enjoyed it down the years under Alex Ferguson. And Mourinho, as we know, is a very good but functional manager in terms of the way that he likes his teams to play. I mean mm-hmm. there's not not much room for anything other than what he says uh, for individual expression. I mean he'll build a he'll build a very effective machine there, I think. And of course he will be a massive massive cunt. I mean there's no two ways about it. I mean next season is shaping up to be Really interesting. Well, you've got Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, right? <laughs> I thought you were going to say an absolute cunt fest. It, it is going to be an absolute cunt fest. <laughs> I think I said that on Twitter yesterday. Because you've got Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. So the two big Manchester clubs, you've got this rivalry reignited. Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho from the time that they were at uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona. And if we remember Jose Mourinho... Uh, he behaved particularly badly towards Tito Villanova, uh, yes. the, the Barcelona assistant uh, manager. He gouged him in the eye and uh, Tito Villanova uh, got cancer and died. So, so. I, if I was Mikel Arteta, I'd be a little bit worried because he's going to take over. If I mean, if Mourinho goes anywhere near Mikel Arteta's eyes, fuck him. Like it's or over. worse, gonna, his yeah. hair. He, he can't touch it. It's just like it doesn't move. <laughs> it's like Mourinho could go at it with a jackhammer. He give go... Like, and Arteta's hair would be perfect, just perfect. But he will try and dig his thumb, his evil poisonous thumb into his eye or some other orifice at some point because it will kick off, won't it? Of course it will. Of course it will
1: and it'll be box office. But uh, it'll be ugly and it'll dominate the news agenda, I imagine, the battle between those two in particular, Guardiola Mourinho. yeah. Do you think Mourinho will be a success then? Do you expect United to improve under him?
0: Well, look, they're going to throw a a fucking load of money uh, at more players. What have they spent a quarter of a billion pounds in the last two years under Van Gaal? They're going to spend... There was talk this morning of a £200 million transfer budget. Um, There's no way that Mourinho is not going to spend a load of money because that's the way that he operates. That's his modus operandi as a manager is to spend big on big players, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there because he's gonna bring in he's gonna to have to bring in a striker, he's gonna to have to bring in central defenders, he's gonna to have to bring in midfielder. So what happens to the uh, to the youth players or the players who've made a bit of a breakthrough this season under Van Hal? If there is a bright spot for Man United, it's people like uh, Jesse Lingard. What a goal that was to win the cup final, by the way. There um go. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Rashford. Rashford, you know, Martial is still young. Um uh, but Mourinho doesn't tend to like working with young players. Mm. He doesn't like it because I don't know, he doesn't he doesn't he can't deal with the fact that they're developing and flawed. Um, he would much rather work with players who are much closer to the to the finished uh, article, who he can who he can then you know create his uh, or build his team around. So that'll be interesting. But they're just going to spend a load of money. And if you can't spend 200 million pounds and make a team like Manchester United relatively successful, then you're doing a fucking terrible job. So yeah, I expect them to to be a big threat next season.
1: Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, there'll be massive competition for the top four. If you think about the four that finished there this year. Um, so us, Spurs, Leicester City, then you've got United, then you'll have a potentially revitalised Chelsea, you'll mm. have Liverpool improving under Klopp. Uh, West Ham are going to spend a lot of money. It's going mm. to be very, very interesting.
0: Certainly is. Make for a, a challenging season. And of course, uh, much will depend on what we do in the transfer market. And it looks like we're about to make our first purchase. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Looks like we've done something. And it's, it's exciting, which is... Uh, because there was that story last week, wasn't there? Saying, "Oh, we've lowballed them. We've come in with a bid that was lower than they anticipated." But yeah. one would imagine that cannot
0: be the case now. No. Well, look, the guy's in London getting his pictures taken, which suggests to me that deal is is done. Mm. Um, just a matter of of announcing it now. Um, what did you What did you make of the leak? Uh, I thought that was quite interesting. I can imagine. Can you imagine what they were like? uh inside Arsenal when that happened? When the players features leaked. I mean like,
1: Arsenal are quite good at keeping things like that quiet, aren't they? You know, we don't we haven't seen many leagues like that before. But it will become more regular, do you think? Do you think it's gonna be harder and harder for them to keep these kinds of you know, unveilings
0: quiet? Maybe, but I think what they might do is they might restrict the people who are privy to the photos being taken etc so the word is wasn't it was jacka's brother right. who stuck up the pictures on snapchat so i can i can foresee a situation where future signings uh, when you get your pictures taken you know your your brother or your girlfriend or your significant other or your mates they got to wait outside Sorry, <laughs> Yeah. Is you, you, it's uh, only you are allowed in to see Dr. McFarlane to uh, take these pictures. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would say they will put procedures in place where leaks become a lot more difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great as a fan. You see that come out and it's, it's fantastic. People would have been worrying all weekend, wouldn't they? And I think it, it's lifted the mood a little bit. Do you uh, think the
1: club will, in the same way they have with the kit, kind of move things along a bit faster? Do you think they'll make some sort of announcement Soon, saying that an agreement is imminent, or yeah,
0: yeah, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see something today, to be perfectly honest, because what they've done is obviously brought forward the kit release, and then I think they've got to then. I think that had to come before announcing the player in the new kit didn't it so the first thing they had to do was go here's our new kit surprise look yeah. at our new kit it's beautiful and then like here's our new player in our new kit so i think that's probably what we're looking at i would i wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a an announcement today uh, about him um did you see that as well that there's been a shirt number change I did indeed yeah uh, Alexis has moved from 17 to seven yeah so there was um, a story emerged at the weekend that new mm. squad numbers were being revealed uh, I'm just loading it up here so Alexis moving from 17 to 7 has been confirmed today by the club again a picture uh, of the uh, of the guy in his brand new kit in the uh, in the new kit uh, I think the other ones were was it bellerin to number two. Oh, really? I think I could be, could be wrong here. Uh, I'm just waiting for the... Actually, we've done this thing. We've just uh, posted a, a story on Arsblog News about uh, the Alexis kit number change. And uh, I'm sure I've explained this before, but aside from transfer stories, the, the stories that make uh, people go crazy the most are about shirt numbers. That's amazing, isn't it? One of our biggest ever stories was when Abu Dhabi changed his number from 2 to 24. I swear to God It's bizarre So the leak is Okay Czech is going to Number one He's taking the number one shirt Right Alexis number seven Coquelin number eight And Granit a 34 Because uh, 34 Is his uh, Is his number Uh, He spoke about it uh, In January He said 34 was my first professional number At Basel It's even tattooed on my back I've seen that yeah. Yeah Um and he, he even uh, made a little joke about it. He said, at Arsenal, Coquelin has it. I've spoken with him. He would like to take another number. So it looks like that's going to go through. Um, well,
1: we'll see. I mean, the only one they've announced for now is the Alexis one, right?
0: Yeah, that's right, because it was it was available on the, on the Arsenal shop. So if you went to buy a shirt on the Arsenal shop this morning, you, you had to uh, – you could pick your uh, shirt numbers. I'm just going to do it here. So, as you go down, squad player, Alexis 7. There don't appear to be any other changes as of yet. Um, so, yeah, we, those aren't confirmed, but I guess they're not going to confirm uh, a Jaka shirt number or a Coqueland shirt number until, until the deal is, is properly announced. So... There I, we go.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've just seen a tweet from uh, Akil Vyas, 10 Akil on Twitter, Yeah, saying, um, Guys, why can you still buy a shirt with Flamini's name on it, but no Arteta or Rizitsky?
0: Um
1: Is there something going on, Andrew, that we don't know about?
0: I don't know.
1: I'm now on the website looking, and he's right. You can still buy a Flamini 20 shirt. Do you think Meza Ozil as a condition of his new contract, has insisted that Flamini's deal was extended as well.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's really weird, isn't it? Because there was all the fuss made on the final day about Arteta and all uh, stories about Rosicki. And Arsene Wenger in his press conference talked about, um, you know, those three players leaving. We're we're losing lots of experience. I saw... uh, one of the players, I can't remember who it was, on Instagram posted, cheers, you guys. It's great playing with you. And they had Arteta, Flamini, and, and Rosicki. Mm. But there's been nothing, nothing whatsoever from the club about Flamini leaving. There's been nothing. No, like, thanks, Matthew. Cheers, Flamster. Nice one, mate. None, None of that. Nothing. So could it be... That Matthew Flamini is staying. I mean, surely not. We've got a lot
1: of midfielders now, haven't we? If we sign Xhaka and with El there, yeah, Wobi having emerged,
0: yeah. I'm just looking. But I mean, he's still is it, there, is it, but is, he's out of contract, isn't he? I mean, he is out of. He is yeah, he's out this
1: summer. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm going to look on transfer marked.
1: He did an interview, didn't he, recently in The Independent or something. Did he mention anything in that?
0: Um, it was in the Financial Times, but he Financial didn't...
1: Times, that's it.
0: He didn't say anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it shows that his contract is up at the end of June. Maybe they're, like, having... Maybe they're arranging a parade for him. Maybe... And, and they you, they don't want to tell anyone yet. It's a surprise.
1: Maybe Flamini shirts sell surprisingly well, and they just want to maximise revenue before he officially goes yeah maybe they don't know how to tell Urzel.
0: that could be it sorry no one's told Urzel yet <laughs> I, I mean I don't know what it is but I yeah he's definitely there are you worried
1: I'm not worried because we've bought it looks like we've bought a player who's going to knock him down the pecking order which is great yeah um on the Alexis thing, this may be completely irrational to me, but because he's changed squad number,
0: I now am not worried he's going to leave. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think you give a guy a new number if he's planning on leaving or if you're not planning on on keeping him. I mean, I don't think there was any question of us not wanting to keep him. I do think that a lot of the stuff that, that came out about him being unhappy, et cetera, et cetera, I think, you know, we have to remember that Arsenal are trying to get him to sign a new deal. So if mm. they're, they're trying to sign it, if he's like super happy... Well, here, have this. But if we've got to convince him, if we've got to woo him, if we've got to give him a bit more money, those sort of stories make a lot more sense. Yeah, so, absolutely. So what, what, absolutely. what do you make of the uh, the new kid? A tweet from Dara O'Brien who said, Did you know that nappies now have a faint yellow line down the front that goes blue after a wee? Not sure why this came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Um but there you go. Good good to be aware. Yeah. I, Do you think it's it's uh, in case uh, any of our players... Um, wee through their torsos? Or, or, let's say, lactate in sympathy with their pregnant wives or girlfriends. Maybe that's what it is. Could be that. Could be that.
1: I'm not sure why the players need to know that, though. Um, I, I think the kit's okay. I'm not sure about the line down the middle. It's odd, isn't it? It's like, cut here. For mad scientists. Yeah.
0: It's a bit Uh, like, it's just sort of, I mean, it's there, but it's not really there. If you're going to have a line down it, like, have a fucking super line. Make it a white line or a, like, I don't know, gold or I I don't know. It just looks like a bit of cloth or a bit of off-cut material to, to keep the thing together. If it wasn't there, would it be a better kit? Maybe. I don't know. It's a red shirt with white sleeves, and it looks fine to me, really. I have it looks to say. fine to me
1: as well. I don't love it. I'm not sure about the bit down the middle, but, you know, I think at least Puma aren't trying to radically reinvent things.
0: Yeah, that's true. At least
1: they're sticking with the formula.
0: Well, look, I mean, the good thing about it is that if you buy the authentic home kit, it, it does remarkable things to you, remarkable things. I'm going to read this from the web's, the website. Apparently, it's got ACTV technology, right? It uses athletic tape on the inside of the garment to provide micro massages in specific areas of the skin, which may help enable a faster or more effective energy supply to the muscles. The compression is intended to reduce muscle vibration during exercise and promote faster recovery for your next game. The Power Cell Next to Skin Construction is designed to work with your body's natural systems to help you enhance and maximize your performance during and after exercise. Whew. I mean that's that's pretty. Fu- it's just a fucking shirt.
1: I bet it costs a pretty penny though. If it does that,
0: hundred pounds, hundred, hundred pounds to get the like super fit, um, tight uh, player shirt. Would you like that? Would you like your your nipples I'd to be there a bit on
1: of display? Time to get ready for that tight shirt. Mm. I'd need a bit of prep time. I think I've I've never tried one on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the shirt would survive the trying-on process.
0: It would be just like one of the tight underarmour things that you would right. wear from time to time. Do you wear those on a cold night I when you football? I don't actually, no. I no?
1: probably should. It would make me feel more like a real footballer. Yeah. yeah. Do you wear
0: them? Uh, in winter, yeah. I'll wear like the, yeah. under, the undershirt thing because it just keeps you a bit warmer. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm looking at the goalkeeper kit. Have you seen the goalkeeper kit? No. The goalkeeper kit's got this weird sort of bar... On the arm of it. Oh, yeah. Which looks like, it looks
0: like when you're testing a printer. Exactly, yeah. It's got blue, yeah, cyan, magenta, and yellow. Very curious. That is weird, isn't it? It's almost like somebody left a printer test sheet over the design and they went, oh, they want that on it. Well, that's a bit weird. We'll do that then cyan magenta and yellow patches. Yeah. What is that?
1: Under the arm is a Y-shaped mesh gusset.
0: <laughs> <to help laughs> everybody cool. need, everybody needs a gusset. People have been
1: complaining about the the body odor of fast yeah. check and the, yeah. putting some ventilation.
0: The mesh gusset, that's what well, that's what's needed for sure. Fucking I want hell. to
1: see the new hat. If they are not released FetCheck's new hat, that would be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if it's of course, a he fizz. wears
1: an hat, much to Puma's irritation.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. So, look, um that's all kit stuff and that, but we didn't actually really talk about Granite Xhaka. No. Like, we're assuming he's arrived, and by the time we do the next podcast next week, it'll be old news. So, I mean, what do you make of it from the point of view of, of, uh, of him as a signing and what it means for the Arsenal midfield? Well... I think
1: it. I've spoken to a few people who've watched quite a lot of him in the Bundesliga. I haven't, to be honest. I've seen him play for Switzerland a few times, um, but everyone speaks very, very highly of him. I think he's a player who, if you think that Arteta and Flamini have gone as sort of the deeper line midfielders, and you think that Shaka and El have come in, it feels like we've probably made some steps forward in that area of the park. I think El a superior player to Flamini and Shaka. You know, is it has more parallels with Arteta as someone who likes to come deep, mm. pick the ball up off the back four uh, and has a good range of passing. So I think it's really interesting. What's what's most fascinating is with the options we've got now, what does Arsene Wenger see as his kind of first choice pairing? You'd imagine if we've gone out and spent £30 million on a guy, he's going to play. You know? yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it will be very interesting. I was I touched on that in the blog this morning. Like how he's obviously identified midfield as an area that needed some strengthening and needed mm. qualities brought into it that we didn't have. Uh, whether they were there because the players were too old or too injured or you know just not good enough, uh, you know, to bring in El Neni and bring in Shaka. Um, you know, within the space of months, basically. Uh, you know, we're in May, we're waiting for it to be confirmed and, and Elneny arrived in January. So you're talking about a 40, 45 million pound outlay on two midfielders in the last couple of months, uh, which is obviously uh, a sign that the manager wants uh, things to change in there. Quite how he brings all those players together with Ramsey, with Wilshire, with Cazorla, with Coquelin, it remains to be seen. I do wonder if we're going to look at things being a maybe does it perhaps touch on a, a change of formation could that be possible
1: it could be possible it could be possible i i, I just can't quite work it out yeah maybe we'll come out into the questions actually there's been a yeah. few questions about how we might line up with him so yeah we'll talk about it then
0: okay all right just before we go uh, into the second part of the show and the questions was there anything else we should have touched on I'm just trying to have a think. Um, There's nothing else sort of strange or startling. I've got an email here to read, just if there isn't anything that we can think of. No,
1: yeah, go on. Read read away. All
0: right, so remember last week we talked about the Tottenham, uh, the new logo or the new... Yes, the
1: new uh, slogan.
0: Yes. So anyway, Randall Pogorzelski, that's tough... He's a Latin scholar. He's, he's writing from North London, Ontario, in Canada. Okay. And he said, um, he gave us some suggestions. He said, I'm sure you've had plenty of Latinists write in already, but I'll add my opinion to what should already be a scholarly consensus. Uh, he reckons that Semper in Umbra, always in the shadow, or Eorum in Umbra, in their shadow, or Armentari no armamentari in Umbra, in the shadow of Arsenal might work as well. But he says, I've been thinking for the last couple of days about what kind of motto I would write for that lot. And he says, I've settled on longae cereumus eustigia. And it says, let us follow their tracks at a distance. He said, this motto alludes to Virgil's Aenid, book two, line 711, when Aenus... Aenus, you've got to say that carefully, fleeing the burning city of Troy, tells his father to climb onto his shoulder to be carried out. He tells his son to hold his hand and run, along, uh, run alongside him and tells his wife to follow their tracks at a distance, at Longe, Serouet, Eustigia, Coniux or Coninux, I can't, I'm saying this badly, but anyway. But Crusa, who's Aeneas' wife, follows him at a distance, but she falls too far behind and is killed. About a century after Virgil, Statius alu- alluded to Virgil's line in uh, Thebade, book 12, a uh, line 817, instructing his poem to respect the superiority of the Aenid and not to challenge the greater poem, but to follow at a distance and always revere the tracks. So Longe, Seremius, uh, Eustigia, as Spurs' motto suggests, proper respect for the superior club and always an appropriate fate for the inferior club. So there you go.
1: I love that email
0: Yeah, and then he says Alternatively, I might suggest a simpler But just as poetic Iterum factum est It's happened again (laughs) (laughs) Very good So there you go Thank you very much, Randall In North London, Ontario In Canada So look, we'll take a break We'll come back with your questions In part two right after this you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the ArsCast Extra. This is part two where we answer the questions that you sent to us on Twitter, at GunnerBlog, and at ArseBlog. Um, we've just been looking at more pictures of the new kit. Mm-hmm. Olivier Giroud, Alexis Sanchez, Mesut Ozil, all there front and center.
1: Front and centre, that's got to be a good omen.
0: Yeah. And who else is in there? Um, Piers he- is behind. Thierry Henry, Hector Bellerin.
1: Yeah, so they'll all be in the team next year.
0: Yeah. A uh, Guy with a beard holding his hands in the air, he's going to be in the team.
1: Just behind him.
0: Yeah, there's also a small boy there who's very excited he's going to be in the team. Uh, uh, granny, she's she's going to be in the team also. That
1: little girl on the left-hand side, yeah. she'll probably be the new centre-forward, I imagine.
0: Yeah, number nine, I think uh, they're going to announce that today. She's the
1: rumoured number nine, yeah, is she? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, it's all very promising.
1: Uh, I'm quite surprised. Rizzle kicks, aren't there, to be honest with you?
0: I don't know who that is.
1: Well, they're a band who often are involved in these sorts of Arsenal media kit launch things. Right, Rizzle Rizzle Kicks. Rizzle Kicks, yeah. Right. surprised you haven't encountered them. But no, they 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 haven't got a mention. Um, we weren't asked to be part of this parade. What a liberty! Outrageous! It really is.
0: I mean, and I surely noticed that
1: all the flags in the background have yeah. just got the cannon on. None of them have sort of venger out on them or anything. So it's not very realistic
0: scene, is it? Not at all. I mean look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're not getting top bloggers to promote your wares, then how can you how can you connect? How can you connect with the people who really care?
1: Exactly. If you don't send us free shirts, how Mm. can how's anyone gonna buy that kit?
0: Yeah, exactly. Nobody is now. I mean
1: That's it. Until we get our (laughs) extra tight if you send me, Arsenal, if you send me an extra tight players model of the shirt with whatever it is, the massage parlour stitched into it, <laughs> then I'll get in shape and wear it. Yeah, and no, I, sell a few.
0: Yeah, I, think, I think if that happens, we, we're going to have to do a video podcast of you will, in will.
1: your shirt. And I'll be on here saying that at £100, it's a, it's a veritable bargain.
0: True. I mean, look, £100 for a football shirt, I mean, pff, it's for nothing. Think, exactly. of, think of what £100 could do. Not much these days.
1: You can't get a central midfielder for £100 these days.
0: No, you can get an authentic player. shirt. You couldn't even get a... I mean, I guess once you add a a name and stuff to it. A name, yeah. And a number.
1: That's probably another 20 quid on top, isn't it? Yeah,
0: 120 quid for a fucking football shirt. It better make you a lot better at playing football. It doesn't. that price. It doesn't. <laughs> Not at all um, Alright, are we going to do some questions? Let's do some questions um,
1: What to do? Well
0: here, do... Well, let's start this one okay, okay. Alright, seeing as we're talking about kits at Gunner Outpost wants to know If you could design a horrific new Spurs kit What's the worst kit you can think of?
1: Oh well We already know what the motto is going to be <laughs> Um I, I've never seen
0: a brown football kit. Didn't they have one? Am I Did not? Did they? Ah, oh, somebody had one, and I think it could have been one of their away kits. Somebody Maybe. had a brown. Yeah, I'd
1: love to see. I mean, funny enough, when you type in brown football kit, one of the things that comes up is our away kit from this season, which is a bit harsh. It's sort of a, it's a gold, but I'd love to see a kind of a pooey brown. Is there any way I can put it?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that, that
1: could be good. Um, maybe with, like, ventilation patches, but in unusual places. Like, maybe just holes over the nipples.
0: <laughs> or Madonna cones. Yeah. Like Madonna cone nipples. That would be good. But I think what would really annoy them, of course, is if it was red and white. Now, I know, we, you know you're True. sort of sullying your own brand to an extent, but I remember... Who was it that sponsored them? Mansion? Or... Yeah, I think so. And they had a red logo. And there was outrage among the tottenham faithful oh yes a, so it's bad. Like a red M, we, yeah we can't have a red on our shirt. this is outrageous <laughs> that's what they said so it's you would make them a red shirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> would you
1: would you i mean would you put a cannon on it or would that be a bit much that might be a bit much You wouldn't Um, put a cannon next to the cockerel, like shooting it off its little perch.
0: Yeah, like literally a cannonball going up the arse of the cockerel and the cockerel's insides exploding, (laughs) just guts. And the guts could be red. That's how you get the red onto it then.
1: Yes. Yes, that would be good.
0: So I think that's what we do. A brown shirt with a cannon shooting the arse out of a cockerel, the (laughs) cockerel's guts going everywhere, and then just in – you know the way sometimes – on football shirts they have stuff in the stitching that when you hold it up you can, you can see a pattern or you can see words mm. and we could oh, just have yeah, yeah, yeah. like hashtag 1961 all the way through it
1: nice very very <laughs> that'd nice that'd be good um, and then you'd have to get sort of one of the worst worst sponsors you know in history I don't know to, to be emblazoned across the front of it Oh, I'm trying to think of some of the bad ones
0: who um, could you get <sighs> Phil Collins
1: God! <laughs> would it be just his name or also his face stitched into it
0: yeah his face his face and his name
1: nice yeah i think i mean yeah I, I, the thing is the way football kits are going it wouldn't surprise me if someone brings that out soon
0: there was a one of his um one of his albums uh fuck one of his fucking stupid shit albums no sure. jacket required and there's just a big luminous fucking Phil Collins orange turnip ridiculous potato looking head. So that that head on a brown shirt with the cannon and the cockerel. Photoshoppers, please. Uh, on your marks, get set, go. Let's produce that, that Tottenham shirt, please. Please. We could do a big kit launch for it, actually. <laughs> do a parade of people walking
1: down the street wearing Ch- it.
0: Chaz and Dave, Phil yeah. Collins, those guys that made that really mad. Do you remember that song that came out? They did, it was like one love Tottenham thing and they kept uh, trying to delete it and all the Arsenal fans kept uploading it again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. They like, just missed the point that the minute something becomes digital, it's permanent. You're
1: know, fucked. As um, frightening as that might be for you and I. Yes, but um, still. Okay, that, well, I'd love to see that if someone can do that. Uh, let's have a question. This is sort of what we are talking about before, really, but this comes from Shane Langen at Shane Eno on Twitter. And he asks, given how many central midfielders we seem to have, do you think Wenger might shift to a narrower formation like four-three-one-two?
0: That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Like a diamond, say. Mm. Because you've got to fit Mesut in there,
1: so you've got to have kind of a number ten, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Might we see something like a four-four-one-one? One? with Ozil being a bit of a bird camp, I guess that would depend on what the striker we bring in is like because we, we've, we've got to buy that striker. I mean, I think that's that's imperative. Um, I, I, I mean, I just don't know at this point what his plans are for the midfield or how he's going to set it up uh, because he loves Santi Cazorla. Uh, we've got Coquelin in there who can do that uh, holding destructive role as well. I mean, I wonder is he thinking about a midfield that can that can adjust to various formations or various opponents? Mm. Would that would that be the kind of tactical thinking that we would expect from Arsene Wenger? Or would he prefer something, you know, a little more consistent and fluent?
1: He's not a guy who's particularly prone to tinkering with the system, is he, over the no. course of the season? I think if he if he can have something that's structurally sound and that can help build up those automatisms, as the would say, then I think he likes to stick with it. It's intriguing thinking about a diamond system. You know, you could have your back four and then, I don't know, let's say you had Shaka uh, Ra- Shaka deepest and then Ramsey and Kazola slightly further ahead and mm. then Urzel at the point of a diamond. Um, and then I guess you, up front you would have well, from your current options, you could play Giroud and Alexis as a front two. Yeah. Um, and maybe you've got a bit more kind of versatility, certainly in terms of attack there.
0: Would that not then... You know the way that when teams want to squeeze us well, uh, exactly. into into being completely uh, ineffectual, they just make us really narrow, so we don't have any width uh, well, and, and that formation would would strike me as one that doesn't have a great deal of natural width anyway. So yeah,
1: um... there'd be a huge onus on the fullbacks, wouldn't there? In a, in yeah. a situation like that, um, I don't know. I think Arsenal's quite wedded to the sort of system that we play at the moment. I think it'll be something vaguely similar. I think the exact composition of the kind of central midfield three could change. You, you imagine Urza will be the most attacking, but then. You know, we've seen times in the past where he's played with two deeper players like a Cockland and an El Nenny, but then he's alternated it and put a Ramsey in there with a more traditional holder. I don't know how he intends to put that together. My gut says that he's probably thinking about Shaka alongside Aaron Ramsey. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah, mm. I think so. But then, where does that leave Santi Cazorla? Ah, uh,
0: I, I don't quite know. Uh, I mean, does it leave him as somebody who provides depth? Um, I mean, he's not—he doesn't strike me as a player who's going to want to be on the bench. He's too good to be on the bench all, all the time, isn't he? Um, yeah. But at the same time, you've got to have—you've got to have that—that—that um, that, that depth to be able to cope with the season as the season goes along. I wonder if we're after. A wide player, whether that will have an impact on what he does with the midfield, like could he could he use Ramsey from the right a lot?
1: Yeah, well somebody asked this Swanadeep at Swana Deep 90 said, Do you think that with Shaka's signing we'll see Ramsey as a permanent first choice right winger?
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I mean again, we're we're just speculating. We won't have any real idea as to what he's gonna do. Uh, until pre-season and even a a little bit into the season. Um, But but, I mean, I guess you don't spend $30 on a central midfield player without thinking of him as somebody who's going to be first choice, as we said. El Nani, you know, is a player who was brought in for reasonable money, more expensive than than was reported, apparently. Um, So he spent a a fair amount of money on those players. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. We spoke about Ramsey, or I spoke about Ramsey and the player assessments on, on the blog and it feels like everything has to work for Ramsey to get into the team everything has to be right around him and is he a player mm. around whom you build a squad in that way do you know what I mean like I like him I think Ramsey's I a really mean. good player but is he the is he the player around whom you build a system if you can't find any other way of getting him into the team
1: I, I do know what you mean and but I my gut Feeling is that Arsene still harks back to that 2013-14 season and Ramsey's performances in that year mm. and I do wonder if in Xhaka he thinks he's found a player who can kind of emulate what Arteta brought to the team in that time and thus become a, a viable partner for Ramsey um, but you could be right I personally I quite like Ramsey from the right hand side mm. I like Ramsey in that attacking position and um, and that could free you up to find a way to get Kazula back into midfield because I think we really missed Kazola, and in fact, in the one thing I meant to say after the final game of the season, the match against villa was that I'd forgotten quite how quite how good he is in that role, you know
0: mm. Mm.
1: he's excellent so I, if and when we play with Kazula and Ozil, you know we've got someone who can find Ozil that much quicker from deep i mean i'm I'm sure Shaq has been bought partially because he can do that too, but um. Yeah, it's really, really difficult to to call at the moment. If you had to pick a starting lineup for the first day of next season from the current players, because even a guy like Alexis could be used on the left, could be used on the right, could even be used through the middle. We yeah. we don't know at this stage.
0: Yeah, I mean and Sean Batrick and a number of people also Alex Todd, Alex Todd one oh one, and at Sean sh thirty three p say there's lots of noise about a Ramsey exit. What do you make of that? I mean I haven't I have to say I haven't noticed much in the way of that noise but if people are saying it then it's around somewhere
1: it is I mean I haven't particularly heard that for for a little while um I would be surprised I would be surprised given the outgoings in central midfield you know the fact that we've lost Arteta and Zielinski and Flamini um but I think we've said on the podcast before if someone came and offered a a big sum of money, and you would imagine it would be a big sum of money to secure Ramsey. It would be tempting, just because as much as he's an outstanding player, you're right that we haven't necessarily found a way to make him click within the team in mm. the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Would that would that be a bit of a blow if we thought we'd sign Shaka and then suddenly it turns out we're losing, you know, someone of kind of equal standing?
0: I, I mean, I don't think you can you can lose three players from midfield and lose, uh, you know, whatever about those three players and the contributions they made. I still think there's a really good player somewhere in Aaron Ramsey... Um and I think we're a stronger squad with him in it. I think if we want to build a squad that, that can challenge and can compete properly next season, I don't think he can afford to lose a player like Ramsey. And I think you know if he finds the right partner, then I think he can be a really, really good player. But it depends on, on whether or not Arsene Wenger can find that player or is, in, or is minded um, to do that. Also, you know, that, that's the other thing. But, I, I, you know, I'd be very surprised if if uh, Ramsey wasn't an Arsenal player next season. Uh, I would too. I would too. All right. Question? Um, yeah. Uh, from me or from you?
1: We've done that thing where we've lost it. I think I, the... I
0: just asked one there about Ramsey, so I think it's... Oh, you.
1: okay, fine. Yeah? Well, I'll, I'll do one then. Don't worry. Okay. Um, This is from... T- Tiberl or Tibberl who's at Kojabo Berlin
0: oh I see and yeah him
1: yeah 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 and he asks because this is something I've been pondering over the weekend is it the right time to go for Higuain if he can lower his release clause to, clause to around 47 million euros as rumoured yeah yes
0: yes why not the guys like what are we looking for this summer in a striker I mean goals what, goals Right. Are all we looking the goals. for? I mean, I know we've spoken a little bit about the potential to find a player who could develop into a world class striker. And I still think, from an Arsenal point of view, that's something we should be looking at. I really think we should be trying to identify the next guy, you know, who can do a, perhaps what Van Percy did, uh, just without being such a massive injured all the time cunt. Um, you know find to identify a player maybe that that dutch guy jansen maybe he's the guy who could come along and we could buy him and not make him the first choice striker next season but bring him into the squad and let him develop over a couple of seasons but you know next season we need a player who can be hugely efficient in front of goal and it strikes me that uh, he wants to leave napoli right yep yeah. he's 28 years of age we are not going to get a huge amount of money for him if and when we decide to sell him, if we do buy him. But I think that we're in a position now where that doesn't have to be a consideration. We don't have to think about the, uh, the value of a player when his contract is up or what we might be able to get for him. I think it's more valuable if you've got a player who can come in and play two seasons, maybe three seasons, and get you 20 to 25 league goals, in those seasons, because what does that get you? It probably gets you at least close to winning a league title. It probably gets you further in Europe. It makes your team better. So the monetary value of a player at the end of his contract should be, at this point, an irrelevance, given the amount of money splashing around the game, given the amount of money that Arsenal have. We shouldn't be worrying about that. What we should be focusing on is who can come in and who can score goals. And to me he's a player who can come in and score goals, no?
1: Yes, he certainly appears it. I mean, he broke the Serie A record this season, didn't he, for for goals in a single campaign, 36 goals in 35 games. Um, Scored two goals in two Europa League starts as well. Uh, he He is 28, he'll be 29, I think, in December. Right. But that would still give you, I think, two or three years of, you know, Top level stuff, and I just think he's he's ready made. He's he's the guy for right now. Mm. We've talked in the past about people like Lukaku, maybe Janssen, I, and I. You know, there's a couple of French prospects potentially, and I can see the logic there. But if you want someone who's good to go, yeah. you know, tomorrow, Higuain is
0: is one of those what, guys. What is his release clause? So his release clause, his current release clause is seventy-two million pounds. Right. So basically, nobody ever pays the fucking release clause. Nobody does that. That's not what it's there for. Um, right. it It's it's a bargaining chip, isn't it? But uh, I mean, look around at what the prices uh, quoted for for players are. I think Leon rejected thirty-five million euros for Lacazette. Yeah. So that's the that's where the market is.
1: I mean, so his his release clause currently, his current contract is 72 million pounds. Pounds if or rumors, euros? Pounds, that is, yeah. Right. If, if rumours are to be believed, he is trying to sign a, a revised deal with Napoli that would reduce it to around 47 million pounds. Um, uh, even if it stays at 72, his market value is probably about 60 million pounds, isn't it? Maybe not quite given his age. Maybe not given his age.
0: I mean, but, but here's the thing. Uh, they're talking about Morata being available for somewhere between million. 40 and 50 million pounds. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- this is a guy uh, who clearly is a very talented player, but in terms of his uh, goal return, you'd be very hard-pressed to say that he's a guy who uh, who is worth that kind of money. He might become worth that kind of money at some point. But I mean, how many goals did he get this season? Well, he got 12. he got 7
1: goals in 34 appearances in Serie A.
0: 7 goals, but in all competitions he has, I'm just making sure he hasn't got any international goals. He's 12, got 12.
1: I 12 and 47. Okay, I mean, a previous lot of those are from season, the bench. Yeah,
0: previous season 16. That's not bad. But again, he's okay, one international goal. Bum, boom, boom. boom. So 15, 15. And the previous season he would have been at Real Madrid, so I'm guessing he scored fuck all. Uh, Yeah. Oh, no, he got nine, which isn't bad, I suppose, for a guy who was probably coming off the bench all the time. So there's a 23 year old guy who isn't playing even on a regular basis commanding a fee of 50 million pounds or at least in the in the in the press a fee of 50 million pounds so you know if we want a striker if we want a guy that can be an upgrade on Giroud uh, if we I you know we're going to have to pay the money mm. um i, I don't think you. there are any bargains out there anymore there's no bargain out there for a top class striker it's just not possible so yeah I mean, our options are limited as well, aren't they? It's Higuain, it's Morata, it's Lukaku, maybe.
1: Do you, when you see Higuain and what he's achieved this season, do you feel a, a, a significant twinge of regret about the way Arsenal allowed him to join Napoli yeah. for, you know, back in well, 2013? Yeah, I, well,
0: I always felt we should have bought him. I was very yeah. strongly advocating his signing back in 2013, and I think he would have been a really good fit for us, you know? I know that we had the Suarez thing going on, But it always felt to me like Higuain would have been a a much better fit for Arsenal in terms of um, just the the lack of drama and nonsense and bullshit that was around him. And we've Mm. said it before, haven't we, that we always felt like Barcelona was the Suarez endgame. His wife is from Barcelona. Uh, It always felt like that's where he wanted to end up. He definitely wanted to leave Liverpool uh, that summer, but... Um, Arsenal would have been, I think, a stepping stone to uh, another league or, or to Barcelona in the end. So well, it's a
1: well trodden path, isn't yeah. it? Arsenal to Barcelona.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, but, oh, you, you go through that door there at Arsenal, you end up in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would have. I mean, I, I get maybe reservations that he is 28, but look, if you get two really good seasons out of a player and it helps you win something, money well spent. I mean, what did Manchester United pay for? Uh Martial for, for uh for Memphis Depay. What are play- what are clubs gonna pay this summer for players who won't make half that impact? So I think we're just gonna have to accept that the market is ridiculous and bite the bullet and pay the money.
1: Yeah, he would be uh he'd be right at the top of my list.
0: So. Mm. Uh is it another one? My turn? Your turn. Okay. If you were to invent a chant for the new guy Xhaka, what would it sound like? Oh,
1: that's, 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 I mean, he's got a great name, hasn't he? I feel like there's going to be a hell of a lot of good headlines for him.
0: Yes. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Well, I, I think there's only one possible Gosh. option. I mean, there's all the boom shakalaka stuff, of course. Boom shakalaka is good, yeah. But to me, it can only be based on the famous Badger song. Oh my god. So here here we go. Just so if people don't know it, this should do it. Etc. et cetera. So yeah, that that to me it's gotta be Jaka 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 Mushroom.
1: What, would it still be mushroom or would it be something else? I don't
0: know. Arsenal?
1: Maybe his midfield partner, depending on who that is. Yeah. That's great. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we need to get a bit more creative with our songs at Arsenal. You know, we, we need to raise our game. And that would be a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. It would be if good for I mean, players
1: to be attracted to the club.
0: Yeah. It'd be easy to remember. Think- Nobody could, like, forget the words. Jacka, 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 Mushroom! <laughs> Amazing. I
1: mean, <laughs> maybe keep it as mushroom. Yeah, keep the lyrics to mushroom. That'll not? be
0: it. Because everyone'll be going, "What the fuck? Why? Why are they singing Mushroom at this guy?" And we could do like a design a range of mushroom-based uh, merchandise. That could be his brand.
1: We could go. That would be a whole new sort of arm for Arsenal's corporate machine. Mushroom-based sponsorship.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: He could he could get tattoos of mushrooms.
0: Mm. Do you like mushrooms?
1: Uh, I actually don't particularly. Right. Do
0: you? Don't mind them now and again. The odd one with a, you know, with a fry or something like that. But I wouldn't be mad for all the the, the crazy mushrooms that you get. And you know what the worst soup in the world is? Mushroom soup. Unquestionably. I've never had it. Oh, it's grey. It's just this grey mushroom tasting, like gloopy, disgusting stuff. It's terrible. No one wants a grey, a grey soup. No, it's like want, a brown kit. Exactly. You want a nice, colourful soup, a sort of reddish or orangey, or, or even a sort of a, a green. You could get away with
1: green. You can just about manage a pea soup or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but not grey. No grey soup.
1: No, thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. Got another one.
1: Uh, well. All right, this is a quite generic question actually, but I'm going to ask it on the back of the Jacques deal. Okay, it's from Van Arsenal at Jesper, fourteen, and they ask, "Do you think the end? Do you think that the Arsenal's contract situation and his age will urge him to spend bigger than ever?" This
0: summer, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there was uh, there was another question like that from from Fever Pitch. Uh, other than blind faith, after after years of not doing so, do you see the Arsenal signing the players we actually need and finally making a challenge for the title next season? If I mean, if I were Arsene Wenger, and I spoke about this on the the Arscast on Friday with the with the guys, we did our roundtable table uh, Cast end of season thing. My feeling right now anyway my gut feeling is that this is going to be Arsene Wenger's last season right if i were him i'd just fucking spend the shit out of it i'd be like fuck this i'm like i'm all in i've done 20 years here i've you know i've played a part in us getting all this money now i'm spending it I'm going to spend the fucking shit out of it um whether he thinks like that or not i'm not 100% sure I think he's a little more, perhaps, conscientious than I am. Probably a little more strategic in his thinking uh, and the yeah. way that he views money. Um, because, I, you know, if I were the Arsenal manager, I would be like Scrooge McDuck. I'd be <laughs> jumping off my desk into the, like a swimming pool of gold coins and just lying on a bed. fucking I think that's what up, Stan Kroenke does. Just throwing all the dollar bills up in the air going, woo money that's what I would be like as the Arsenal manager Arsene Banger of course <laughs> is slightly more prudent uh, economically than that so I- I'd love it to happen I'd love for him to have a real like just fucking go for it go for it why not uh, whether it actually happens or not I'm a little bit um a little bit dubious because you know we've, we've been here before we know what what Arsene is like so I'm not 100% sure that that's going to happen but I'd, I'd love it I'd love if it did
1: well, it's a good start, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or what? What do you think?
1: What do I think? Well, I did my predictions, didn't I? I can't remember what I said. Um,
0: oh, I didn't write them down. Yeah.
1: Oh god, we, oh, well, this is going to be trouble. Come the end of the summer. Oh,
0: hang on. Uh, one, I think you keep talking. I've got. A bit, I'm sure I've got the piece of paper around here somewhere.
1: Okay. Um, I think he might do. I'm really encouraged by the Shaka signing. By how early we've got it done. I suspect it's probably partly to kind of capitalise on the good mood off the final day of the season and make sure all those season ticket renewals come back sharpish. But yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think I think I hope he does. I don't share your feeling that this is his last season. I think he. I, if I had to bet at this point, I think he'll be a beyond next season. But yeah, it's difficult to anticipate. Difficult to anticipate exactly what his intentions will be. Mm. He, he's gonna. It looks like he's going to wait wait it out, certainly, and see what the mood is like uh, come the end of the next season. But we'll see. I don't know. I think he, the, the summer he's got to top is two summers ago, isn't it? That was about £80 million, was it? Mm. I don't know. Maybe. If he buys Gonzalo Higuain, he'll certainly do it.
0: Yeah. What did I say? I, I can't find it. Just hang on there. I, I think it's outside. I was looking...
1: I'm just gonna see here where are my bits of paper hang on i, I mean i don't know but i think
0: he's sorry it it's, or... it's outside but uh yeah all i can find are bits of paper with stupid looking men drawn on them with big Stop. eyes doodles um and i was pretty sure i had it written down here what we what we said we'd have to go back oh i found our end of season predictions uh <laughs>
1: We'll go back and find it at some point.
0: Yeah, it's on one of the, it's on one of the podcasts. So, uh, you Guys, know, we, it's on a
1: podcast or a piece of paper somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's not around. Okay, look, let's have a couple of quick ones to finish then. Um, this one comes from Alex Branigan uh, at Branagorn. Oh, him again, Branagorn. Uh, he says, would you rather have £50,000 in your account or £1 million in 50p coins in a silo, not depositable? I don't even know what that means. Like, you can't, you su- can't take all those 50, um, 50p coins and put them in the bank. You just have to go to your silo, okay. which is probably, I would say, just to make it a little less convenient, it's far from your house. So it's like, you know, when Walter White in Breaking Bad, he goes out to the desert and buries all his money out there. It's, it's, uh, it's like so that. So what are the sums? What are the sums? You've I've got, got 50 grand... Account? £50,000 mm. in your account right now or a million pounds in 50p coins, which is far from your house in a silo. I would
1: still take the million pounds.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... Currently,
1: I'm trying to work out how many 50ps I could get in my Fiat Punto.
0: <laughs> you have a Fiat Punto. Is that your car? That's my car. All right. That's my car. I saw a great... Um, uh, there's a great, <laughs> uh, I have to see if I can find this here. But um, there was a brilliant thing during the rounds uh, where somebody had changed the P on a Fiat Punto to a C.
1: Very good,
0: which is Very excellent. Very clever. And I hope you don't done get any that.
1: ideas, people of Islington, if you see my car around. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, I reckon you just would have to do hire a lorry and just drive around with a lot of fifty p's in it. It's too much money—a million pounds—for me to turn it down.
0: Oh yeah, me too. Me too. However inconvenient. Do you think you'd probably end up spending like loads of it in an arcade playing video games just because you've got all that change?
1: Probably. Yeah. You've got to get rid of it somehow. Yeah. Uh, be- yeah, like using it f- at, for t- toilets at train stations. Mm. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, vending machines. Mm. You never, we'd never want for a coin at a vending machine again.
0: This is very true. Very true. You could buy. Those things in toilet, um, in airport toilets. They're they're supposed yes. to be, if you've forgotten your toothbrush, you just get this round ball of stuff, minty stuff, and you can just put it in your mouth. and.
1: Finally, finally we can get our hands on those. Yes. Yeah, no, it's the million pounds for me. What about you?
0: Oh, fucking million pounds. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can put it on the other side of the world. I still want the million pounds. Yeah,
0: it's a million pounds, not 50,000. It's a ridiculous question.
1: Do the maths guys.
0: All right. Free Steve at Parlor Games N5 wants to know, under what circumstances would it be acceptable for Arsene Wenger to dance on the touchline? What dance should he perform? And is there anyone else you would like to see involved in the dance, whether they want to be or not? I think, uh,
1: had he danced on the final day of the Premier League season, I think I could have forgiven it. Certainly. Uh, as the goals rained down at St James's Park, mm. if he'd produced the worm on the touchline, <laughs> I think that would have been rather touching. Yeah, I think when his final day at Arsenal comes, a slow dance with Borough Primerach.
0: What song would just, they play? I think I think they'd have to play. Um, I, I'm going to get it up here. I'll, I'll get the song now in a second. Okay. Yeah.
1: I just have this vision of them sort of in the in the dugout, just swaying back and forth. Yeah serenaded by whichever tune you're about to uh, unleash upon us okay here,
0: here it comes here it comes now there's probably an ad at the start of it given that it's youtube of course hey i'm mike russell and you're probably watching this video because you've heard of new media europe no mike <laughs> this is it This is um, Phyllis Nelson, Move Closer, in case anybody doesn't know this this classic. Hang on.
1: It's, it's a great tune. Hey,
0: baby. You go your way.
1: And I'll go mine. But in the meantime... i just this with, like, a, a glitter ball suspended from the roof of the Emirates Stadium. Yeah.
0: <laughs> touching each other come on Arson and Boro
1: I'd like that um, what about you any any thoughts on a particular dance for Arson?
0: Uh yes yes I I, I think it, it would be acceptable for him to to dance having won the league oh sorry Phyllis Nelson that's enough um, having won the league at Old Trafford yep and I think the dance that he should do uh, should be the stomp and I think yes. okay. jo- Jose Mourinho should be involved uh, and he should be being stomped on yeah I'd like to see Arsene wearing uh, 12 hole Doc Martens and stomping the absolute fuck out of Jose Mourinho I don't know what this soundtrack would be I don't think he even needs any music he doesn't need music to do it he could just stomp, 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 stomp uh, and that would be it is
1: that a dance or is that just kicking someone to death?
0: Uh, it's a grey area It's a fine yeah. line People aren't <laughs> it's quite sure a little sure. bit of both yeah.
1: A little bit of both
0: And there's nothing wrong with that There's nothing no, wrong not? with that Yeah, exactly Why so, not? So that's why I think it would be acceptable For, for Arsene Wenger to have a dance on the touchline uh, Other than that, not really I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so No, probably not He doesn't look like a great dancer <laughs> No, certainly not a you, That's for sure no, pardon. You, and thank for God. that, yeah, for that we can be thankful. All right. Well, look, we better leave it there. Um, we'll be back what next week when more exciting things have happened in the world of kit leaks and uh, Snapchat pictures. Mm. Yeah, and we have to. Uh, we must organize that game of FIFA. I know we keep talking about it, but uh, oh, yeah, of yeah, course, we better do, yeah. do that. So, uh, how's your schedule? What's your schedule like? One of the evenings. Uh, it's
1: pretty good. It's pretty good. I think. Yeah. Potentially this week or potentially next week could be a goer.
0: Okay, we'll discuss it during the week and then maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it next week. Should, okay. should we provisionally so, okay. mark, let's say, next Wednesday evening? Let me have a look. Yeah, get your diary. Out uh, of it.
1: No, not no? next Wednesday oh. or next Thursday.
0: Oh, see, I can't do Tuesday because I'm playing football.
1: Alas alas
0: what about we'll next? talk about
1: this offline we'll discuss it
0: all right okay yeah we don't want to give away too much of our diaries and calendars
1: yeah no no all right not.
0: all right um, we'll catch you then next monday for another ars cast extra until then have a good one
1: bye bye